All right, take your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes. Uh, I've had the privilege to be up in the north where Brother Don Lee uh, and some of our people have been up there. I know Stevenson's been up there, did some work up in Anuvik. I did some building programs up there. It's a unique situation up there. And uh, I was able to go. Pastor Don Lee pastored in Anuvik. He turned that over to uh, Rodney Featherstone, who pastors there now. And then he started another church in Tuktiuktuk which is as far as you can go by road in Canada, and it ends at the Arctic Ocean. And so I was able to drive up that road uh, to Tuktiuktuk and see the church that he started there. Uh, he just called it Tuk to be for short, and so he started the church there, turned that over to another guy, and then they went to Whitehorse, and they're in Whitehorse now. And so uh, a friend of ours for many, many years, we've supported many years, and a, a great missionary. This loves the Lord and loves the indigenous people of the north and have, have done multiple uh, ministries there. Just unique, unique. Uh, every pastor up there has to have a, a, a truck and a boat to do the ministry there, so they have to boat around to different communities that they can't get to by uh, by car, and so different things. In the wintertime, they use the ice roads. In the summertime, they use the, uh, the boat to get to communities, and so a unique opportunity up there, and there are missionaries, all right? Well, this afternoon, I'm going to start a series on the book of Ecclesiastes, all right? A brand new series, uh, the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, and I did a study for some young adults, and so I'm turning it in now into a series uh, for our church as well from the book of Ecclesiastes. And so we'll begin in chapter 1 and verse number 1. It says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. So we believe that the author of the book is likely Solomon. We don't know that for sure. It doesn't say that. We know this. He was a son of David and king in Jerusalem. And, so, and we know that he, which limits it down to several people, but we believe it's Solomon and he calls himself the preacher. That's what Ecclesiastes means, the preacher. And so uh, I thought about titles for the, the study. We're going to call it, uh, you know, figuring things out. Because this is what the, the preacher is doing, figuring things out. But I thought about calling it like life chats with the preacher. Because the preacher is just teaching us about life. And so there are some great uh, illustrations here. And as I studied it for young adults, I learned more for myself. And so I wanted to apply some of those things to our church as well. So uh, he's taking a long hard look at life. He's trying to figure things out. He's doing a case study of life, and he has all the resources at his fingertips, and he's going to do a, a look at life and figure things out, and then pass this on what he's kind of figured out through this uh, study that he's doing. Um, and I thought especially good for young adults because they're at stages where they're trying to figure out who they're going to marry, what their career is going to be, and making these major choices. In fact, most major choices in our life are made between the ages of 18 and 28 oftentimes, and so they're in that stage where they're trying to figure things out. But we're all at that stage of figuring things out. Things are constantly changing. And as I look at my life now, uh, I'm 53 years old, and I'm trying to figure things out. Like, I don't have it all figured out, and i got to uh, constantly change. And maybe it's not figuring my career out and figuring out who I'm going to marry. Those things are nailed down. We got those things figured out. All right, uh, Jack and I are doing okay. And so, so far, so good. And I'm, I'm planning on staying here at the church. I got the job thing figured out pretty well, 31 years and going. So I got that figured out. But I don't have retirement figured out yet. I don't have grandparenting figured out yet. I don't have, as my roles change and things change and, and people around me change, and I don't have those things figured out. And, and you're constantly trying to figure out 
how this all works together. So there's never a point. And in fact, I bet you if I went around to the room and said, you know, how are things going? Do you have everything figured out? No, right now in my life, this is what I'm trying to figure out. There's always pieces that we're trying to put together. And Solomon is doing a lot of the legwork for us here and helping us uh, learn some things that will be, give us some wisdom. These are some of the wisdom books, right? And so it's supposed to give us wisdom as we face uh, our world and our decisions. So uh, honestly, at first glance, it's a pretty dark book. <laughs> if you just read through Ecclesiastes, it won't be super encouraging to you. I'm just going to warn you right now. In fact, the message today is, is, uh, is not really exciting. It's not, it's not like a good news, you know, go home and feel good about yourself kind of message. It's, but it's just painting the picture because, and one, one preacher put it this way, it's like you got to paint the dark backdrop before you see the stars. The stars are always shining, right? The stars are shining right now. You just can't see them. But until the darkness comes, then you see how bright the stars can shine. And I know, like, even moving from in town to just outside of town, the stars seem brighter just a little bit. Like, I'm only two miles away from where I used to live, three miles from where I used to live. But the stars seem brighter because it's a little bit darker out there. And you get out uh, darker and darker. In fact, when I went to, uh, up to north, up to see the Donnelly's in that area, I mean, you can see the stars. I saw the, the northern lights, you know, up there. Amazing what you can see in the darkness. And so Solomon is going to kind of paint this bar- dark backdrop for us, but then he's going to show us the, the lights as we go along. So I'll try not to be too depressing. But today it is a little bit uh, not depressing, but it's, it's a reality check. It's a reality check here. So I'll give you, first of all, some key words we're going to look at. Some key words. Let's read chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. I think you'll be able to see the key words here as we go through. He repeats them quite often. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It's a great introduction to a message, isn't it? But Pastor Jones this morning got up and said, take your Bibles, let me tell you, vanity, vanity, everything's vanity. This is where he starts out. Look at verse number three. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. I'm sorry, I skipped down, didn't I? Verse 14. I skipped down in my notes. Verse 14. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun. Behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. So I looked at all the works under the sun, and let me tell you, vanity, vanity, vexation of spirit. Let's pray and go home. (laughs) What a great message, right? So let's talk about those things. What does that mean? Vanity. Key word number one, vanity. Uses over and over and over again. The idea of vanity is a vapor or steam, or a smoke that appears and then goes away. And that should bring to mind a a verse in the book of James that your life's like a vapor and appears and goes away. And he says, life is a a vapor. It's It's vanity. It's not lasting. There's a lot of things in life that's not fulfilling. It just, you, you feel, find some satisfaction and then it goes away. And you, you feel a little fulfilled and then it goes away. And it, it's just kind of constantly changing. You never can really get a hold of it. It's like va- trying to grab steam or smoke. You just can't get a hold of it. The next key word there, vexation of spirit, goes right with it. He says vanity and vexation of spirit. The idea of this is to be frustrated or irritated in your soul, that vexation, that irritation of the soul, that vexation in your spirit, just an uneasiness. He says life can be vexing. 
The idea there is like grasping for wind. Again, trying to grab smoke or trying to grab a hold of something that's, it looks real. And it's real. Is, is smoke real? Absolutely. Is steam real? Absolutely. Can you grab it? No. Fog, it's real. You can't, you can't get a hold of it. You can't grasp it. And so he's saying life can be that way where you're grasping for the wind. It's the frustrated feeling that sometimes comes from trying to reach something that's not attainable. You have some kind of uh, expectation in your mind, some, you know, the, the perfect marriage, the perfect job, the, you know, the perfect retirement, and you keep trying to attain and you just can't quite get there. It's never, never enough. And, you, and you, when you get here, you think you'll be happy, but then you want to be there. And then when you get there, no, I really want to be over there. And, and people spend their life bouncing from one thing to another thing to another thing. Now in our society, even bouncing from spouse to spouse to spouse, from job to job to job, and just trying to find that satisfaction, trying to find that fulfillment. And Solomon here, the author, the preacher, is saying, I'm looked, I've looked at life. It's all vanity and vexation of spirit. And sometimes we can cover it on the outside, but maybe inside there's an unsettledness and unrest in your soul and frustration because you don't feel like you're progressing. It's like you're on the treadmill. Sometimes we describe life like a treadmill. You just keep walking, but you get nowhere. Like you just, you keep exerting all the energy, but you just don't, and you feel that emptiness. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just saying, this is what Solomon is saying when he starts out the book. It's all vanity. I've done the study. I've done the time. Trust me on this. I've looked at life. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. And at the end, it brings a vexation in your spirit. Key words. But this is also a key word. Very important to understand this. Under the sun. Uses it over and over and over and over again. So as Solomon is doing this case study of life, he's looking, and his conclusion is his vanity and vexation of spirit. But he's looking at life under the sun. And if you don't get this part of it, you can walk away from the book of Ecclesiastes very depressed and very discouraged. But he's doing his case study under the sun. What does that mean? Well, it describes a location. We're on earth. He's, looking, he's taking an earthly look at life, a linear look at life across the earth, under the sun, how life plays out here on planet earth. He's, ta- he's factoring out right now eternity in heaven. And so as soon as we factor out eternity in heaven, we understand vanity and vexation of spirit. So he's looking at life under the sun. So it's talking about a location and it's talking about a duration, a lifetime. I have one lifetime to live under the sun. I don't know how long that's going to be. I'm 53. My dad just turned 88. Uh, If I live as long, I'm 35 years behind him. So I don't know how long I'll get to live. I have one lifetime to live under the sun, a location and a duration. And he's describing this, and we got to understand this, we live in a world that's broken by sin. This world is a mess. And we look at our society, and those of you who are older especially, look at you know, the way things used to be and the way things are now, and you say, amen, this world's a mess. But I'm telling you, even when you were young, the world was a mess. Read the Bible. There's a lot of messy situations going on thousands of years ago. The world was broken by sin back in the garden, and it's been a mess ever since. 
Oh, we may have good periods, and, you know, and Israel had periods where they revival and then idolatry and revival and idolatry. And there's, but the world, by general by generalization, is a mess because of sin. Relationships have been broken because of sin. And the preacher's looking at life apart from God. And this life without God, without eternity, can be a dark, dark place. Vanity, vanity. All is vanity. As I look at life, it's an emptiness in my spirit, and it vexes me. I just can't seem to get a hold of what's going on under the sun. So the key words, under the sun. Last of our key words. He says it several times in this book. Consider. Consider. The preacher's considering life. He's taking, the word consider means to take a good long look at something. Step back, take a look at it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. He says this, Again, I consider all travail and every right work, that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This also is vanity and vexation of the Spirit. He says, I considered everything. I considered the travail and the right works. I considered it all. He, I took a good, long look at it. Trust me, this is what I've done over this court. We don't know how long this period of time is that Solomon's talking about or the author's talking about, but it's a, it's a long look at things. But throughout the book, he also tells us to consider. Stop. Take a look at your life and consider what I'm trying to teach you. And so that's my challenge to you as we head into the book of Ecclesiastes. Take some time, read the book of Ecclesiastes, think about life, think about these things, consider, consider. Sometimes we get going through life and we just get used to being on that treadmill and we run that treadmill and we run that treadmill and we run that treadmill and we never stop to consider. And that's what even Pastor Yeomans' series about purpose. You're made for more. Stop and look at life. You're made for more. Don't just keep doing what you're doing. Realize you're made for more. And so here's the challenge of the book of Ecclesiastes. Stop and consider. Also, we see here some hard questions. Some hard questions. Ecclesiastes is not an easy book to kind of digest and really understand. I, I, I spent some time in it. Um, I struggled my way through it, to be honest with you. I'm going to do my best to kind of give out what I've taken in over the last course of the several months that I've studied. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter... Let me ask this question before we get there. Kids, think about this too. If you could ask God one question, what would it be? If you had an appointment with God and said, okay, we're all lining up today and, and the secretary is at the door. I'm not sure the secretary, Michael, the archangel, I don't know. So someone's at the door waiting to, you come in, you get one question with God. You can ask any one question. What question would it be? You don't have to have an answer. But there's some hard, difficult questions in life. And these seem to be the underlying questions that the preacher here is searching for as he analyzes life under the sun. Look at verse number 16. Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 16. I communed with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate, and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom, and to know madness and folly, I perceived 
that this also is a vexation of spirit. Can you see the preacher talking to himself here? I communed with my own heart. I had this conversation in my own. I've been really uh, introspective on this. He's talking to himself. He's putting his whole heart into this quest for life. And what are the questions he's trying to answer? Well, maybe the question would be, uh, how can I really be happy? How can I find real happiness? How can I find true joy? And if this world's dark and it's broken and all this stuff's going on and the world's going to get a mess and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I remember when I was a kid sitting in church hearing about like hearing preachers say that the world's going to wax worse and worse and worse. And you talk about, you know, the tribulation. I I didn't really want to hear that when I was little. It's almost discouraging and depressing. How can I find true joy and happiness if this world's a mess? What is my purpose? That's what we're speaking about on Sunday mornings. What is my purpose? Why am I even here? What's what's my real purpose in life? What's really important? What am I going to focus on? There's so many things I can focus on. What's really important to me? How am I going to put aside all the noise and all the, the chatter and everything and just really focus on one thing? What's really important? Is there even hope? If everything's vanity and vexation of spirit and dark and we're under the sun and broken world, is there any hope? Can I even make a difference? Can I truly make it? If, no matter what I do, will it even matter in the end? These are some of the, the root questions that we kind of feel as we read through the book of Ecclesiastes. And so today, I don't have a long message for you. Just kind of set the table here for us. But I do want you to feel kind of the anxiety and the angst of the preacher as he begins the study of life. i got to find something. I'm tired of just doing the same old thing. There's got to be more to life than this. And everything just seems vanity and vexed. And I reach for that and it's not there. And I reach for that and it's not there. And I get there and I think I'm happy, but I'm not really happy until I get there. And I'm not happy there either. You know, there's a, there's a saying, uh, a phrase, FOMO, fear of missing out, right? And, and a lot of young adults admit to having FOMO, fear of missing out, where they I'm here, but I really see that everybody else is having a better time over there. And I want to be over there. Once I get there, I'm not happy there either. No matter where I go, I can't find this settled peace and happiness and joy here under the sun. Because, let's be honest, Solomon's looking at life under the sun, but that's where we live. This is the world we live in. And these are the, these are the questions that we are trying to answer. So today, the preacher, in the beginning of chapter 1, he paints a pretty dark picture. Vanity, vexation of spirit, as you look at life under the sun. But I'm telling you, there are some great truths in the book of Ecclesiastes that shine as stars. And a lot of you already know what Ecclesiastes chapter 12 says. Because Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and Ecclesiastes chapter 12 are very different tones in what the preacher, his conclusion is way better than his introduction, if I'm saying. His introduction to his message is pretty, pretty dark, but his conclusion is awesome. But even throughout, even in life, there are things that we get to enjoy. And there's some things we just got to accept. And he talks about all these things in the book of Ecclesiastes. This is the reality of a world broken by sin. Sin is a great destroyer. And whether you're, if you're dealing with sin on a regular basis, praise the Lord. And if you're not, it just makes your world worse. Sin is always a destroyer. 
but we all live in this world destroyed by sin. But I hope that you're willing to consider a new perspective, a biblical perspective of life under the sun. That's the study in the book of Ecclesiastes. Figuring life out under the sun, understanding a man's perspective as he tries all these things and also a heavenly perspective at the end. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Can I ask you just a couple questions? Just before I close in prayer. How many today would be honest and say, I, I'm in a point right now in my life where I've got something I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Doesn't matter what, what your age is or your stage is. You say, I'll be honest, I'm trying to, there's something in my life I'm working my way through, uh, whether it be, you know, parenting or grandparenting or career changes or, or life or retirement, whatever. I'm working my way through life and there's something I'm really trying to figure out. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me, there's some things in my life. That's what I figured. We're all, no matter what stage, we're all trying to figure things out. Many, many hands. I just encourage you to consider a biblical perspective. Again, the book of Ecclesiastes does not tell you how to plan for retirement. That's the, the answer, that answer is not in the book of Ecclesiastes. Or how to be a better parent or grandparent. Or who you should marry or what career you should. Those answers are not in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's a, it's a big concept book about how to live life in a world full of darkness and vanity, under the sun, but have victory. So I'm excited about where we're going in the book of Ecclesiastes. I hope that you'll be open and you'll consider a biblical perspective on life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you help us as we walk through this book. We'll understand some great truths. We'll see some things that will be very helpful. And... Uh, answer some questions in our mind that are bothering us. Lord, I pray that we would see very clearly that this world apart from you does not satisfy. That there is vanity and vexation of spirit apart from you. Help us to see it immediately, right away, before you waste time and, and move around and try different things. Lord, help us to understand that and to point our attention towards you. Thank you for your word and thank you especially now for the book of Ecclesiastes. Help us to understand it and learn it. In your precious name we pray. Amen.